few moments and greet somebody around you this morning. As we continue singing, let's sing joyful, joyful, we adore thee.
Amen. You may be seated. And as I said a few moments ago, we have some special guests. So will you please do me a favor and welcome, under the direction of Ray Hurley, the Franklin County High School Choristers.
My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. So if you have uh, questions about youth group, I'm the guy to talk to, and I'll be out in the atrium. Uh, these guys are welcome to come sing with me any day that they would like to come. It's awesome. Um, so this morning, I'd like to invite the McDaniel family to come up and invite and uh, light our first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. candle of hope symbolizes the hope that Jesus brings into the world as we jump into this Advent season. We're going to read out of Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 through 6. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice in, at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be, de will be destined for burning, will be the fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us these different gifts that we can come and worship you, Lord, freely, without fear of persecution. God, we pray that every note saying, every word spoken, God will be a blessing to you. That will put a smile on your face. That will be glorifying to you in your name. God, we pray that any oppressor we may face will see that they are already defeated. Bless us, God. Be here with us in our time of worship and help us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on you. God, we lift up Pastor Todd as he brings a message in just a few minutes. Lord, that you would speak through him and that you would uh, bless our hearts, God, through the words that you've given him. God, we love you and we trust you and we surrender all praise, all honor, and all glory to the holy name of Jesus Christ, our King. And all God's people agree and said, Amen.
Well, what a beautiful, beautiful job. Guys, thank you so much for being here to be a part of this service. And thank you, uh, Ray, for a beautiful job. And I hope and pray you all will always sing. Keep singing. That's one of the great ways we can worship and praise the Lord. And, and I'm so grateful that we are a church that believes in worshiping the Lord. I'm so grateful that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Every single one of us here today need prayer for something. Number one, because we are grateful. We thank God from whom all blessings flow. We also have pain and worry and fear and stress and guilt and sin that we struggle with and depression, anxiety and loneliness and worry, whatever it might be. God is able to meet you and meet me right where we are. So I'd like to invite you, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come kneel at this altar, or you can stand, or you can stand from your seat. However the Holy Spirit leads you, I invite you to join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? we pray together. God, we come to you today with grateful hearts, with thankful hearts and spirits. Thank you, Father, for the beautiful music that we've heard this morning. Thank you, Father, for this choir, for each young person in it. Father, would you bless them and continue to use them as an instrument of your peace and your love. Father, bless them as they continue to sing and bless Ray as she continues to lead. Father, we are grateful that we can come together on this day that you have made and rejoice in it and be glad in it. Father, we come to you not only with our praise and thanksgiving, but our burdens and our brokenness and our pain and our grief and our sin. Father, we have so many in our church family that have lost loved ones in recent days. We, Father, pray for Darla Russell and her family and the loss of her husband, Bill. And Father, we pray for Jeff Smith and the loss of his mother. Father, we pray for others who are grieving today. We pray for Judy Ryder and Paul and the loss of Judy's brother Dwight, that you would comfort these families during this difficult season and give them your peace and your love. Father, we continue to pray for our country, for our leaders, for our military. We pray for peace in Israel and across the world. We pray, oh God, that there would be peace in each of our hearts. Father, it's my prayer that you would bring spiritual awakening and revival and renewal in each and every one of us. May it begin in our hearts and that it would spread throughout our communities, our country, and our world. Father, I just pray now that you would remove anything from our hearts and minds that would distract us from our worship, from hearing a word from you. I pray, God, that if there are someone here or many here that have never placed their faith and trust in Jesus, 
May today be the day of salvation for someone, for many, or maybe someone watching today on live stream that they might come to know Christ personally. So, Father, we love you and we are humbled by your presence here today. Ask now, God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service, sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists, speak through your word and through your servant. We'll just thank you and praise you, God, for your faithfulness. We love you, Lord, and give you all praise. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 43. And after the reading of God's word, I'm grateful our worship team will be coming back to lead us. Thank you all for being here today. And again, thank you all for being here today and allowing us to be part of your worship. Begin with verse 1 of Psalm 43. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, of God, to God, my joy and my delight, I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all so much. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for a great way to worship and to give praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. I always like to share a little humor before we talk about more important things, and the key word is little. But uh, I've got a friend that owns a flower shop downtown, and yesterday he said he was down working in his flower shop when he noticed a man who was moving around in the florist, and he said uh, after a few minutes he grabbed a bouquet and he ran out the door without paying. So the owner said it shocked him, and after he finally got around the counter, he went out the door and noticed the man was halfway down the street. He was already around the block. So this guy began to run after him. And as he was running, he heard a lady across the street say, Run, florist, run! Run, florist, run! If you haven't seen Forrest Gump, you won't understand what I just said, but run, florist, run. For several weeks now, uh, our family, we've been listening to 94 and a half because it's nonstop Christmas music. Have any of y'all been listening to 94 and a half nonstop Christmas I think this started uh, right there at the last part of Halloween. And so we have loved, listen, it's one way for us to get ready for Christmas, to prepare our hearts for Christmas. I talked about at the early service how my wife, several weeks ago, put up our Christmas trees. She put candles in the windows, wreaths on the windows, lights on the shrubs. She did this several weeks ago. We were the only house in the neighborhood. When children came up to our door, they were confused. They didn't know whether to say trick-or-treat or Merry Christmas. <laughs> the house was decorated and ready to go. And just as we prepare for Christmas by putting our trees up and putting candles in the window and putting lights everywhere, as wonderful as that is, it's difficult for others, even though this should be one of the most joyous, wonderful seasons of the year. Let me tell you, it's hard for some. As a matter of fact, it's hard because some people are filled with brokenness and people are filled with with pain and people are filled with darkness and, and they don't know how to celebrate because of the season they've been going through in their lives. Several years ago, I found a book at my in-laws when we were celebrating Thanksgiving. And the title of the book is Hope When You're Hurting. And it was by Dr. Larry Crabb. And as I was reading through that book, he posed many questions to people who felt helpless or people that felt hopeless. And we're going to look at some of those in just a few moments. But in our scripture passage today, we see the psalmist, whether or not it was David or one of the sons of Korah, Levitical choir that David would appoint to lead the worship. But we believe probably that it was David. And David was a man after God's own heart. But yet we see ourselves in David, don't we? David would be on a spiritual high and 
and doing everything right, and then the bottom would drop out. We'd see him on his spiritual low, and we'd see him battling his sin. And in this particular passage, we see David being oppressed by his enemies. He was being hunted by his enemies. And we see David on the run. And we also see David longing to be in the presence of God. I don't know about you, if you ever long to be in the presence of God. I pray we all desire to be in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And through this beautiful passage, we see David again wanting to be rescued, if you will, from his oppressors, from his enemies. He's wanting to be delivered from those that pursue him. And he also wants to be saved because of the hopelessness that maybe he was feeling. I guarantee you there are some of you here today that you want to be delivered from your oppressors, from your persecutors. You, you want to be saved from your helplessness and your hopelessness. It's my prayer that before you leave today, you will be encouraged. You will be comforted. And more than anything, you would leave here with hope the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. But some of the questions that Dr. Crabb posed that I would like to share first is, what's wrong? Have you ever had someone to come up to you and say, what's wrong? Usually we let people know by our uh, expressions on our face or the way we hold ourselves, they can tell whether or not something's wrong or not. People will say, what's wrong? Well, <clears throat> In our scripture today, we see in verse 1, David saying, Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue from me those who are deceitful and wicked. You see, David was looking at God as a judge, and he felt as though he was on trial. And so, in other words, when he said, vindicate me, my God. He was saying, clear up my name from suspicion and from blame. Clear my name, Lord. Vindicate me. It's possible that you're here today and you feel as though you're on trial. Or maybe you are going through a trial right now in your life and you're wondering how you're going to get through it and and what's going to happen? What's going to be the outcome? And, and you're trying to figure out what's wrong and what went wrong. Well, I think there might be several possibilities for what, what went wrong or what is wrong. First of all, it might be spiritual warfare. So many times we like to blame this person or blame that person for what's going on in our lives. I want to tell you the truth. The real enemy is Satan, the devil himself. That's who the enemy is. I mean, we look in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Paul said in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. That's who the real enemy is. It's Satan. It's spiritual warfare. And maybe today you're here and the devil 
who is also a liar. John 8, 44 says he is a liar and the father of all lies. He's lying to you today. He's saying you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not smart enough. You're not qualified enough. You've done so much bad, you can't be forgiven. You have done so much, you can't be loved. There's no purpose for your life. Just before the service started, I had someone to come up to me, and a young college student just yesterday uh, that lived next door to her grandson in college took their own life. And they were from another country. And yet something seemed so bad in their life that they felt like their life was not worth living. You know what? People are dying from lack of hope. And I think about what Mike Licato, who's an author and a pastor, said that the suicide rate has grown 24% since 1999. It keeps, continues to grow because so many people don't feel good about themselves or or they don't understand why things are happening as they are. And the devil continues to be glorified when we give in. I want to say this to everybody, especially our young people here today. Nothing is ever so bad that you need to think you can't get through it with God's help. There's hope. No matter how bleak the situation looks, no matter what you think, don't let the devil lie to you and think it's never going to get any better. Because I promise you, it will get better. With God's help, you'll get through it. But I think about another reason today you might be experiencing problem. It, 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 it's possible that you have a uh, dysfunctional background. Dysfunction. When you think about dysfunctional, you think about when we've had to grow up through maybe abuse or through addiction or through trauma or through neglect, and as a result, we have self-hatred, we have low self-esteem, we have irrational fears, but as a result, many times, we continue to struggle through the environment in which we were brought up in, or the environment in which we live, and we think, I, I could never be forgiven for things I've done or things that have happened, well, I think about 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. We can be forgiven. And I'm so grateful that we can have a fresh start with God. Maybe the problem is a personal sin. Your personal sin might be an out-of-control anger that you have, an anger problem. Would your friends, would your family, would your parents, would your children say that you have an anger problem? You just fly off like that, short fuse, instant flames. It's a problem. Anger's a problem. Maybe you deal with a sexual addiction of some sort or lust. Uh, maybe you deal with some type of addiction. It might be something that continues to dominate your life. It might be something that no one else knows, but God knows. I love the fact that we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for we are, can be, we can have a new beginning, a fresh start in Christ. 
For everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You can have a fresh start with God, a new beginning, even today. Or maybe the problem is grief. I do a lot of funerals, too many. I see people I haven't seen in years at funerals. I have one or two, if not three, almost weekly. And it's difficult to see people at their lowest, grieving their loved ones. And I say it often, when you love much, you hurt much. When you love somebody, you grieve them when they're gone. Maybe you're grieving this holiday season over the loss of a loved one. It might be the first Christmas without a family member or a dear friend or a co-worker or a neighbor. And you, you say, I don't know what to do. I shared this at the early service. God gives us some natural escape valves to deal with grief and pressure. One of those ways is through tears. Even Jesus, remember in John chapter 11 when Jesus lost his dear friend Lazarus? Remember Lazarus, Mary, and Martha had a home where Jesus could go kick back and relax and get a good meal and fellowship with his, with his sister and brother in Christ. And, and remember they were upset when Lazarus died and they said, Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. <clears throat> Jesus said, I tell you, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die, but they'll live. And, but in verse 35 of John 11, it said, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I believe tears is one of the natural escape valves. Another is laughter. Sometimes I have to laugh or I'd cry. <laughs> and I don't know if y'all been watching any of the SEC, ACC challenge that went on this past week and past weekend with the ball games, but they've been showing reruns of the Jimmy V never, don't give up, don't ever give up speech. If any of y'all have watched this, every time I see it, I'm moved. As he had cancerous tumors all over his body, he said there's three things that you need to do every single day. He said, first thing you do is laugh. And I challenge you to laugh. If you haven't laughed today, laugh, because you sure didn't laugh at my joke a while ago, but anyway, <laughs> laugh. But then he said, spend some time in thought. Then he said, thirdly, have your emotions move to tears. He said, now that's a full day. When you laugh, when you can spend some time in thought, and when you can have your emotions move to tears, you can cry. And those are natural escape valves to help us deal with the pains of life. But some of you are here today, and you're just not happy. Nothing seems to make you happy. Recently, my wife played for me a video that she showed in our Forts 412 class. This is for 18 to 29-year-olds. If you're an 18 to 29-year-old, I want to encourage you to come to this class that Todd McDaniel and my wife Kelly teach. It's an awesome class to help young people be on the right track as you are faced with so many challenges. She played a video that they showed of three Christian counselors doing a uh, phone call with a lady who was not happy. She was 35 years old. She said she had been brought up in a Christian home. She had a beautiful baby. She said, I have never experienced abuse or never experienced a rough upbringing. 
she said, but it's just elusive. I can't be happy, and maybe that's you today. And finally, these three counselors were all trying to get at the root of the problem. And as they continued each one to speak, they finally started hitting at home. Finally, the woman said, I've never felt close to God. I don't know how to get close to God, she said. And so each one began to try to help her, and, and one said, you know, well, we pray, we talk to God. Another said, you read God's word, it's, it's living and active. And there they said, I, I recommend you start out in the Gospel of John reading a chapter a day. I, uh, maybe start in Proverbs or 31 chapters, maybe read a chapter a day for a month, 31 days, and, and begin to grow in that relationship and draw closer to God. And then secondly, she said, I've never been able to get close to people. And I said this at the early service, if, if we're not vertically close to God, then how are we going to be horizontally close to people? If we don't get things right with Him, don't ever expect things to be right with those around us. First things first, we need to get our relationship with Him in order. And she said, the reason I'm not close to people is I'm afraid once they find out what I'm really like, that they'll leave me. Maybe that's how you felt before. If people get to know the real you, they may take off running and abandon you. But I was encouraged as these three counselors brought encouragement to this young mother, this Christian who was struggling to be happy in her life. So the first question Dr. Crabb asks is, what's wrong? Second question is, who can help? Who can help? I love in verse 2 of our scripture reading today out of Psalm 43. He said, God, you are my stronghold. He said, uh, for through your uh, light and through your faithful care, you guide me. Did you hear that? He knew the answer. You, God, are my stronghold. You are my light. And my truth, or the translation I read from today, said, faithful care, and you will guide me. Do you understand that we read in Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help and trouble? In Psalm 27, 1, said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We know that when we place our trust in God, he helps us through those scary and those difficult seasons that we go through. He gives us help. J.T. read out of Isaiah chapter 9 when the prophet Isaiah is prophesying 700 years before Jesus came into the world about the coming Messiah. And he said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And then Jesus in John 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 12 said, I am the light of the world. Whoever comes to me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Aren't you thankful for the light of Jesus Christ today? Let me tell you, if you're here today and you're trying to get help from something or someone other than Jesus, then you're barking up the wrong tree. If you are trying to numb your pain through alcohol, 
you're headed for disaster. If you're trying to numb your pain with illicit drug use, you're going to go deeper and deeper in your depression. If you're trying to numb your pain by immoral, illicit relationships, then you're going to have a, a missing place in your heart as you grow older for one day when you meet the man or the woman of your dreams. Don't give yourself away until God brings that marriage partner into your life. Maybe you're here and you're looking for help. You, all these ads on TV about gambling today. And then my wife reminded me at the very end, it says, if you have a gambling problem, then you can cut it. It does it real quick. So many people are trying to hit it big. And then I can give up my job and work, and the devil is using this to pull you further away from God. Look, you are not going to get help, true help, until you come to God. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Did you hear that? We approach the throne of grace, the throne of God with confidence. And when we do, we'll find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Won't you come to him today and let him truly help you? This isn't a quick fix. This is an eternal fix. That he'll be with you and me always till the very end. But then, last question that we ask today is, what can I hope for if I do seek help? What can I hope for if I do seek help? And then David answers this in verse 5. He said, why? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I love what Dr. David Jeremiah, author and pastor, said, worship blesses God. He said, the healthiest thing that people can do is to worship when they are sad, when they are fearful, or when they are distraught. One of the healthiest things we can do is worship the Lord even through those seasons of pain. And some of you are here today and say, I'm struggling to worship when I lost my husband, I lost my wife, I lost my child. I'm failing in school. I'm battling depression. I have anxiety. I just lost my job. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills. I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. I don't know what school I'm going to. So many people are saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to tell you quickly, we're about to finish what you can expect if you put your hope in the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, I shared this verse a couple weeks ago, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. If you seek him, you're going to find rest. For your soul. I uh, think about what Solomon in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways 
Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You'll find rest, and you'll find a straight path when you place your trust and your hope in the Lord. Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. When you put your hope in the Lord, you'll find supernatural strength. Then lastly, Romans 10, 13, anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You find salvation when you call upon the name of the Lord. You know what? I, I don't know what's going on in your life today, but God knows. It, we can fake people out, can't we? We try to hide it, but inevitably somebody will come up and say, what's wrong? Sometimes we want to express it on the outside so someone will ask because really we're crying out for help. But sometimes we try to hide it. We can't hide it from God. He knows us inside and out. And maybe today through his Holy Spirit, he's convicting you or convicting me of some sin in our lives. Maybe he's convicting us of something we've done in the past, guilt that we've been living in, and the devil has been causing you to have doubt and disbelief that you can ever be forgiven and God will forgive you because God does love you. And he wants us to repent from what's behind us and keep moving ahead through his power and his love. Or maybe you're here today and you gave your life to Christ a long time ago, but you've gotten off track, you've been disenchanted, you've been hurt by someone, you've You've been uh, put down by someone and, and you've gotten a bad taste in your mouth. You can come back home today and have a fresh start with the Lord. Or maybe you're here today and you're looking for a church home. Man, this is a wonderful church. We're not a, I say it every week. We are not a perfect church and I'm not a perfect pastor, but we serve a perfect God. And if you're looking at him, there's no fault in him. But if you're looking at me, or else you're going to find fault just like that. But if you're looking at him, there's no fault in him. And I challenge you today to allow God to come into your hopelessness and your helplessness and give you his power, his strength, his rest, his direction, and ultimately his salvation. May we pray together. God, I thank you right now for this time that we can come into this place to worship you and Lord to be real Lord you know as I grew up in church and my parents in ministry and brothers in ministry I always felt like I had to live up God to uh, was it what was expected of me Lord, I found out that my parents are imperfect, my brothers are imperfect, and I found out I'm imperfect. What I discovered is we can never be good enough. The only way that we are made good and right is through the blood of Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to save us, just like we are. We don't have to get cleaned up and do all these things 
We know, God, you're the one that cleans us up. You're the one that changes our hearts and lives. Lord, I pray if there's a young person, a, an older person, no matter the age, Lord, and they've never come to you for help, may they place their hope and trust in you today. You're our only hope. We know that you said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lord, may I have the privilege of praying with someone today and beginning them on their eternal journey with you. Lord, maybe a Christian needs to renew their vow of commitment to you and say, I've gotten off track and I've been sitting on the sidelines. I'm ready to get in the game. I'm ready to make a difference. Lord, maybe it's someone they say, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I've got joy and I've got hope. And, well, can we share it with someone else? May we tell someone why we have hope and why we have joy and why we have peace and why we have love because you first gave it to us. Lord, maybe someone's been wanting to join this church family and they've been putting off and putting off and finally today's the day that they want to become one with us here at this field hospital for sin, sick, and hurting. So God, however your Holy Spirit leads, would you give us the boldness and the courage to come today just as we are and begin that process of becoming more like Jesus. For it is in his strong and holy and precious name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now as we sing this hymn of invitation. Experience his amazing grace as we sing this great hymn of faith together.
today and for allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. A special thank you to the Franklin County Chorus and, and Miss Hurley. Thank you all so much. We're so proud of you guys, and we have a few of our own church members that are in this choir. We're so proud of all of you all. Thank you for using your talents in such a beautiful way. Thank you for being here today, and I pray God would bless you as you go throughout the rest of your day. A couple of quick reminders you don't want to miss tonight. It's our musical Chrismon service. Not only will we put the beautiful Chrismons on the trees and prepare this place, our children are leading us in some beautiful Christmas music. Anytime you mix children and Christmas and music, it's a beautiful celebration. So I hope you'll come back tonight. It'll be a beautiful service. And then we hope to see you on Wednesday night, 5 o'clock, for a delicious meal catered by Family Affair downstairs. Can't make it to the meal. We have a beautiful, sweet time of prayer here at 6. Don't forget, next weekend is the best Christmas pageant ever. Our drama team will be putting on Saturday evening and Sunday night the best Christmas pageant ever. You don't want to miss it. It'll be a beautiful celebration. And then December 17th, that evening, our choir along an orchestra will be sharing beautiful music on a Christmas at the Forks. You don't want to miss it. And then on the 17th, that morning, we'll have our annual walk to the manger. There are envelopes out on the table and... Uh, if you feel led to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, 100% of what you give go to help international missionaries spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus all over the world. And it's always a great day when we bring our offering to the altar. But thank you all for being Aren't you all glad you got out of bed today? Amen. I'm glad today. I'm going to invite you all to close this in a song, and then afterward, our Deacon of the Week, Tom Coots, if you'll come and close this in prayer. Let's sing together. Father, thank you so much for such a beautiful service. Thank you for keeping us safe and for these young people that came to sing. Help us to remember to share your word with somebody this week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.